Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z podcast. I'm your host, Steph Bodrini. We provide straightforward information by bringing excellent guests with real-world experience in all topics related to commercial real estate investing. And in today's episode, we're going to be covering what is the state of commercial real estate, who will be selling next year, 2023, and which asset class we think will hurt the most next year. We are chatting with Deidre Woolard. She is a writer and editor at The Motley Fool. She will share her insights today. Here we go. Deidre, thank you so much for joining us today. You are coming back, actually, uh, to give us a state of the unit of uh, commercial real estate. I believe you were here uh, one or two years ago. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Uh, yeah, I'm Deidre Willard. I work at The Motley Fool. I've been with The Fool for about four years. And before that, uh, I worked with real estate brokerages on the marketing side, uh, done a lot of writing about commercial real estate and just studying the market in general. I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Let's discuss what is the state of commercial real estate. And uh, we can jump into some other questions after that. Yeah, it is it is an interesting time. I mean, it's always an interesting time in, in real estate, <laughs> but but right now I feel like everybody is waiting for something to happen, which is really interesting. We're certainly seeing that on the residential side because there's so many people who, you know, the the housing market is sort of on pause. But on the commercial side, you're seeing that too. You're seeing interest rates are so high that people can't get access to capital the way, the way they could. And there's that little uncertainty about what's next in the overall economic sector. You know, are we headed into a recession? Consumers are spending a lot right now. Is that going to shift? So all of that uncertainty is sort of leading to a bit of a lack of deal flow from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. And I, I personally get at least one email a day saying that a property is back on the market and also price decrease email. Are you seeing that or are you hearing that from people in the industry, brokers or sellers or buyers? Yeah, I'm definitely hearing that from, from commercial brokers because part of that is plans have been changing rapidly. And that that is a big factor here. You think about, about the office sector, you've seen we've seen so many high profile layoffs, so many companies changing how much office space they need. They're putting things up for sublease. All of that is then sort of trickling down. You get that uncertainty on the buying and selling side of people wondering, you know, should they hold on to a property if if a major tenant starts to look iffy? So all of that is just leading to what's happening in commercial real estate. And are sellers coming to their senses or not? For example, we were and are in contract for a couple of properties. However, with the latest hike, the bank quoted us 8% variable and 9% fixed rate, and uh, the seller did not want to retrade. So are you seeing them coming to their senses now, or do you expect them to come more to their senses next year? Who, who will be selling next year? I think it always takes sellers a little longer to come to their senses than buyers. This It happens in both <laughs> residential and commercial. There's like a six month to a year lag between the prices drop. You know, buyers, buyers are very hyper aware of it. The sellers... The sellers are not as aware of it because they're looking at the comps, right? They're not looking, they're looking at what's sold. And if you're looking at what's sold in the past six months, 
you're going to have a price that's going to be a lot different than what a buyer who's looking at other things on the market thinks that it's worth. So you've got that real that real sort of push pull that happens there. So, yeah, I think sellers will come to their senses, but I think it's going to take a little longer and it may take a little bit more a little bit more economic pressure of if they're holding on to a property or something like that. And then they, they decide that they actually do need to sell. Which asset class do you think will be the one that is most hurt next year? I think it continues to be office. I mean, office has just really, really, really struggled starting to see a little bit of a weakness in industrial that's just been happening ever since Amazon. I think it's about three or four months ago, made a, a statement about looking at their warehouse spacing that we've sort of seen that sort of fall throughout the industry. So there's a little bit of a weakness starting to happen in industrial overall. That's nothing to worry about, but with office, the question I keep asking myself is, is this a permanent shift? And I think my my viewpoint on that has changed throughout the cycle <laughs> as, as yeah. different things just keep happening. I'm like, it, it now now we're starting to see something interesting because the employers are starting to have more of the power. You're getting more and more employers demanding people to go back to the office and it's starting to work. So that is one reason that I'm getting a little bit optimistic about office. But overall, I think companies are still looking to, to cut costs where they can. And that just is an easy place for them to go to. And especially with office, you've got you have a lot of five year, 10 year leases. Not all of those have come up during the pandemic. So some of them are coming up now, just as office still seems to be so uncertain. So that's that's the reason that sector worries me a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you with regards to changing our points of view throughout the last two to three years. Yeah. Uh, and I always tell people to put pieces of the puzzle together because we always get information from different areas. So use your brain to try to come up with what is going to be happening, right? So Snap, for example, just said that they're going to be mm -hmm. manning four days back in the office, mandatory. And also at the same time, I saw somebody tweet the other day and a tweet that was somewhat popular. And she said, I was just on a call with when everyone is remote and nobody was prepared. One person was driving, one person was doing this, and somebody else was doing that. So put the pieces of the puzzle together and try to understand what our company is going through right now. And are they going to be able to demand employees to be back, especially now that a lot of at least tech companies are laying off people, right? So yeah. <laughs> it's good to put your thinking hat on and observation and not just rely on one source. <clears throat> what else is a hot topic right now within the commercial space? I think there's a lot of topics. I think the biggest one is, is there still going to be enough capital? Are people still going to be lending? And what does the lending forecast look like in the future? I think, I think no matter what sector you're in right now, so much is started to really focus on every time the Fed moves the stock market goes crazy. All the calculations shift in real estate. It's very, very interesting. So, you know, every time there's a Fed meeting coming up, we're always looking at what Jerome Powell is going to say and what that means for the future. It seems like they're starting to say that the monetary policy is working. And it seems like that's going to mean that the federal funds rate, uh, that they're going to at least slow down that pace. So that should be good news. It should trickle into the lending environment. And that should mean that interest rates might moderate a bit. And that I think everybody's going to sigh of relief with that one because I think it's going to make it a much more kind of sane lending environment. It's really tough when you don't know how fast things are going to change. That leads to uncertainty and uncertainty often just leads to people just opting for nothing in instead of moving forward. I agree. 
when you invest in your next deal, what asset class is more interesting to you right now and why? I think multifamily is like forever interesting just because it we're never going to run out of need for it. And it's not as much driven by what happens with the economy. Certainly rent prices right now are definitely stabilizing, but I would say multifamily. I'd say the question though is, where are we overbuilding? And that's the thing that's really important to watch because we saw so much activity flow into the Sunbelt, both before the pandemic and during. That's moderating a bit, You're, but you see some of these hot markets get a little different. So you start to wonder, like, are we building too much in Austin, Texas, for example, and starting to think about where's the money going next? Where are the people going next? That, I think, is the puzzle that is is most interesting. Yeah, someone once said that if you see, I forgot the number of cranes within a certain radius, it, you should stop <laughs> investing there. <laughs> and uh, I saw through the whole 360 worth of uh, uh, cranes in Miami. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, Miami is <laughs> Miami is interesting, right? Because so so many people moved to Miami. It seems like all of Silicon Valley just like got up and moved to Miami. Yeah. Is that a long term thing? I'm not so sure. I mean, I mean, long term, the climate issue alone concerns me about Miami. Mm -hmm. It's uh, unknown for sure, but it's very vibrant over there, I have to say. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And people from New York as well were, were moving there. And uh, I spoke with somebody that said hotels in New York are not back on track yet. So TBD, if it's going to be permanent or not. Uh, is there anything else that you think is important for our audience to know? Well, you just mentioned hotels. I think that's an interesting one to follow because when we look at consumer behavior, right, everybody spent on goods during a portion of the pandemic, right? Then everybody switched over to experiences. And so that sort of changed the forecast of hospitality. But the longer term trend that I'm watching there that I think is really interesting is what we saw with Airbnb and long-term stays. So they saw their 28-day and higher stays keep growing. And at the same time, you have, and they announced recently that they're now letting apartment renters rent on Airbnb, which is interesting. At the same time, you've got Marriott. They just announced, I think it's Apartments by Bonvoy, which is basically medium-term rentals of sort of more apartment-style units. So there's something happening there with medium-term 30 to 90-day yeah. stays. There's something very interesting happening there. I think that's an area to keep an eye on. Oh, you are right on point. I was doing that since April, uh, Miami a month, Southern California for two months and San Diego and Newport for a month. And that is exactly what I was looking for. And the hotels, I did check a couple of them. They were still a bit overpriced on the long-term stays, but uh, that's very exciting to know that they're open to that and about Airbnb as well. Very cool. Yeah, I think, I think it's really interesting to follow. How can our listeners get in touch with you? Easiest way is uh, follow me at The Motley Fool. I'm also on Twitter. My Twitter handle is just my first name, D-E-I-D-R-E. -E, and uh, that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. Thank you so much for making the time. I know you're super busy. I really, really appreciate it. Always great to talk to you. Thank you so much. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to our newsletter at monicarlorei.com on top of the page. And I will see you next time.